morning, church. How are you guys doing today? Good. Thank you for responding. I was like scared I was going to have to like transition and be like, I'm well. It's good to hear that you guys are good. Um, my name is Jarrett, for those of you who don't know. And Rick, are you going to clear this path for me? I'll trip over this stuff. I will. I'll trip over it. But my name is Jarrett. Ernesto asked me to preach today. Ernesto's off at Disney right now, living his best life. Ernesto's like obsessed with Disney, if you guys haven't noticed. He like talked about Mickey Mouse pancakes last week. Don't get him started about Disney. He loves Disney. So, you know, we're grateful that he gets some time away, um, you know, time with the family. And I just want you guys to pray that he has a good time. Um, so today we are closing out our Women in Christmas series. We're doing the last sermon on the women in Christmas. This whole month we've been looking at the women who shape the narrative of the birth of Christ. Next week we're talking about the man of Christmas, the big cheese, Jesus. So, you know, come out for that. What is that? New Year's, or not New Year's, uh, Christmas Eve. Yeah, we'll be doing that on Friday. Friday night we'll be talking about Jesus. But before we get into the women of Christmas, I want to pray. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just want to come to you today. Thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for this church. Uh, thank you for these people. Lord, I ask that you would just bless today. Be with us and uh, open our, our, our hearts and ears and allow us to learn from your word today. Lord, we love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. A wise woman once said, turkeys, turkeys, turkeys. That's nonsense now but I'm going to make it make sense later. So if you guys will turn with me to Luke chapter 2, we're going to be in verse 36. Luke chapter 2, verse 36. No, yeah, 36. We are talking today about a woman named Anna the prophetess. And when Ernesto told me, hey, dude, we're doing a Women in Church series, or a Women in Christmas series. Will you preach on Anna the Prophetess? I was like, man, that sounds metal. I don't know who that is, though. I don't know who Anna the Prophetess is. So I did what we do when we don't know stuff. I Googled it. I was like, who is this woman? Why, why don't I know this story? I went to Bible college. Why do I not know of Anna the Prophetess? And so I looked, Luke chapter 2, I realized, I've read this story before, um, but it makes sense why I've kind of glossed over it. I've never really acknowledged this character. I think that we'll see that as we read it. Um, and that's why this is a cool series, because we get to hone in on these characters and learn from them. We get to do these character studies and focus on these people that, you know, maybe we've glossed over. So let's read the text. In Luke chapter 2, verse 36, it says, and there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. That's it. That's Anna's story. 
Can you see why I glossed over it? Like, it's short, and it's a story that we hear all the time, right? Like, we enter the Bible with the conceit that Jesus is the Savior. That's what this story tells. Like, the story's like, yeah, there's an old woman in the temple, and she was like, Jesus is the Savior. On to the next thing. So, like, it's, it's a really basic story. But when Ernesto told me, like, we're going to do this, we're going to examine this character, I had to stop and look at her and say, what can I say? And as I looked at her character, man, there's so much to say. What's up, Ryan? Late as always. Yo, love you, dog. So, <laughs> so, oh, he left. He's out of here. So, as I looked at Anna as a character, though, I realized, like, there's so much to say about this woman. It's hard to fit it all in. It's hard to even fit it all in. So, um, Anna as a character, in order to understand her, I think the most important thing that we can do is realize where her story is placed in the Bible. Like, sometimes we read the Bible as just a collection of stories, but guys, someone organized these stories, and they're organized with purpose. Anna's story is placed at the end of the birth narrative. At the end of Jesus' birth, when Jesus is a baby, Anna gets the last say. After that, there's a time skip. Like, Jesus is then, what, eight years old or something? Like, after that, Jesus becomes a boy. And you guys know how, like, arguments work, debates work? Like, you usually save the most important stuff for last. Like, when stuff goes to trial. Uh, you know, like, I love true crime. I don't know if you guys love true crime. I watch true crime all day. When stuff goes to trial, lawyers make arguments, right? This dude killed these people for these ten reasons. This person is innocent for these five reasons. Lawyers do something called closing arguments. Guys, closing arguments is where you sum up what's most important. And Luke is doing that with Anna. Luke is saying, the birth of Jesus is important. You should care that this baby was born. And here's why. And he gives us this story of Anna. I think it's, under, it's important to understand that context before we enter it. So now let's look at Anna and see what we can learn from her character. The first thing that I want to point out about Anna, we already read the passage. She was old. Anna was old. That's what the Bible says. It says she was advanced in years. She was so old that there's debate over how old she was. Some people say she's 84. The Greek is not totally clear, and I'm not a Greek guy. Some people say she's 105. I think she was 105. Like, when I looked at the arguments and the reasons why, I think Anna was 105. It makes sense to me. Anna's so old that she lived past the life expectancy of not only those people, but now, who here knows someone who's 105? No one. Like, no one raised their hand. Like, that's old. She's incredibly old. The Bible wants us to know she was advanced in years. The average life expectancy of that time was like 29, I think. She like quadrupled it. She was like a myth, and she lived in this temple. See, the first thing that we can learn about Anna as a character is we do not need to conform to the world's expectations for us to be used by God. 
Now, there's another way. So she's old. The world expects you to die at that age, right? Like, that's what the world expects. She's old, but there's an even more important way in which she shucks the world's expectation. She pushes it aside. In Anna's story, did you ever hear anything about children? No. Anna's story is devoid of children. There's no mention of babies. See, I don't think Anna had a kid. But even if she did, Luke said it's not important. Her kids aren't worth mentioning in this story because what she did is separated from her kids. And guys, that's unique. Like, that's especially unique for Bible times. Bible times, women were defined by giving birth to children. If you didn't give birth to kids, you were devalued. Like, you were not viewed as someone, you were viewed as a curse to the family. Women were defined by giving birth. And Luke here is saying, and God is telling us through this story, you do not need to conform to what the world wants from you to be used by me. You see, Anna's used in a huge way. And it has nothing to do with her kids. And guys, that's so important to focus on. Because the last three sermons, women were defined by their kids there, right? I mean, they were holy. And they were their own characters. And they were fantastic. But Mary and Hannah are included in the birth narrative because of the people they gave birth to. Once again, they were holy. And this is not me pushing down giving birth. Listen, I was there when Jamie gave birth to Fox, my perfect child. Love that kid. Makes me cry. But I love that kid. I was there when Jamie gave birth, and I was watching her. She was shaking. She was sweating. I was holding her hand, and I was looking at her going, man, I'm glad that's not me. <laughs> Woo! Women are amazing. Women who give birth are amazing. Giving birth is an amazing thing. Being a mom is an amazing thing. And if you want to define your life by that, that's a great thing to be defined by. And God has used tons of mothers to raise up godly children. But guys, focusing on Anna, Anna lived in the temple her whole life. There's no mention of her kids. I don't think she had kids. She was only married for seven years, and then she was widowed. And after that, she lived for 84 more years as a widow in the temple. See, God is telling us we do not need to be what the world wants us to be in order to be used by him. I think that that's something we can learn from Anna, something that's very significant. And that brings us to our next point. See, Anna had a unique calling Anna had a unique calling, and she followed through with that calling. Anna lived in the temple for 84 years, fasting and praying for the redemption of Israel. It said that she never left. The Bible says she never left. Can you guys imagine being like, my husband died. I guess I'm going to stay at 2920 Court Street for 84 years. No, like that's, that's a crazy calling. That's a unique calling. She wasn't called to go out and preach the good news of Yahweh. She was called to stay. She was called to be here, like at the temple, 84 years, and pray and fast. That is a unique calling. And she followed through with it. And guys, all of us have unique callings. 
unique burdens that are put on our hearts. Everyone's calling and how we operate in this world, how we interact this, with this world is different. We're all called to spread the gospel, but we're all called to do it in a unique way. And Anna didn't know how God was going to use the 84 years. She couldn't have. But she felt this burden on her heart. And she followed through. 84 years, she never left that place. And we're going to see how God used that in a huge way. I'll tell you guys a story. I went to South Africa. I don't know. Time's a blur. I don't know. I think it was like nine years ago or something. It was when me and Ernesto were still in Waterford. Ernesto sent me to South Africa. I was an intern there. And South Africa was like kind of a mixed bag for me. Some things I liked, some things I did not like. But I learned some of my most valuable lessons in South Africa. That place fundamentally changed me, for sure. One of the things I saw when I was down there was this woman named Harriet. Harriet worked at Kia Hope, the place that I was interning at. And guys, Harriet was older. I hope she wouldn't be mad if she's listening. Harriet, you're young and beautiful, absolutely. But she was older than me, and she was old enough to have grandkids. That's how old she was. She was grandkid age, right? Harriet worked at Kia Hope. The other thing about Harriet is Harriet was an American. Harriet was not from South Africa. You see, and as I learned Harriet's story, what Harriet did was she felt a burden a unique calling to go to South Africa and be with the kids there and show them the love of Jesus. Harriet, as a grandmother, she had only been there a little bit longer than me when I had showed up, as a grandmother, as an older woman, a retired woman. She sold her life, packed her bags, and moved overseas alone. Because she felt a unique calling in her heart. And guys, while I was there those three months, I watched Harriet work. And I watched Harriet love them kids. She would do office work all day, and then she'd go out into the villages at night. They'd run up to her, Aunt Harriet, Aunt Harriet. They'd give her hugs. She'd kiss on them. Guys, I watched her show the love of Jesus to probably thousands of kids. And over the course that she was there, she probably tens of thousands know the love of Jesus better because of Harriet. You see, Harriet shucked the world's expectations. She pushed the world's expectations aside. What do we expect from older people when they're retired and have grandkids? You watch the grandkids. You get to spend time with them. You, you know, sit in your chair. You're retired. You watch the birds. You moan about this generation and how they're going down the tube. That's what we expect from old people. Harriet was like, I don't want none of that. I don't want that. What the world expects from me, I don't care about. I don't care about that because I have a unique calling in my heart. God is putting this calling on my heart, and I'm going to go do it. And Harriet followed through just like Anna did. You guys... She shared Christ in a big way. And that kind of brings us to our next point. Anna had this unique calling. And part of what was unique about it is she was called to a specific context. And she was faithful in that context. You guys know what a context is, right? It's 
the area and time in which we live. You see, we're all called to a context. We're all called to 2021, almost 2022. We're all called to, uh, you know, pandemic times. That's a context in which we live. Some of us are called to Flint. Some of us are called, you know, to Waterford. Some of us are called to Detroit. The different places that we live, these are our contexts. And guys, Anna was born in a very specific time. See, Anna was born during what we call the 400 years of silence. This was the time in which God did not speak to his people. 400 years where God set Israel aside and Israel was left waiting, wondering, where is the God that we once worshipped? Where is this God who said that we would be an eternal kingdom? 400 years of silence. Guys, before the 400 years, Israel had been getting their butt kicked. They were taken over by three different nations, and then a fourth, and then a fifth. Israel was getting the boot for 700 years, and Anna was born at the end of that. She lived 105 years in silence. How many of you think it would be hard to be faithful in that context? 400 years of silence. 400 years of silence. Guys, if something's not going my way for like a month, I'm like, God, where are you at? Guys, I shot a big buck this year and it got away and I was like, God, where are you at? <laughs> like, it hurt me. It hurt my soul. It's hard to be faithful, right? And guys, I, I use that example in my other show. I'm getting better at that. That's what life is, right? It's, it's learning to lean on God. I'm learning more and more to lean on God. But guys, 400 years? You know how many Jewish people were probably like, dude, Yahweh doesn't exist. No way. They probably were. And that's not an indictment on the Jewish people at all. 400 years. That's a long time. That's unfathomable. Like, they were, they felt left. They felt like God has totally abandoned his promises. Anna was called to that time. Guys, Anna fasted and prayed in the temple every day. That means that every Jewish person that went to the temple, which was everyone, all of them went to the temple. Because even if you didn't believe in Yahweh, which maybe some of them didn't, it was good to be church people. We know church people, right? People that want to look good. It was good to go to the temple. It was a socially acceptable thing. So all of the Jewish people still went to the temple, even if they didn't believe. In their hearts, they'd never admit that. Anna was there every day, and those people probably looked at her like, look at crazy Anna. She's been here for 84 years. That woman's never left. Why is she doing that? Praying and fasting for our, our redemption, the redemption of Israel. That's a nice sentiment, but man... I want to live my life. People knew Anna. That's, she became a myth around there, I'm sure. Everyone in the whole region probably knew about Anna. She was faithful in her context. And guys, the Lord rewarded that how? When Jesus was born, Jesus was brought to that temple and prophesied over, and Anna got to see God break his silence for the first time in 400 years. Jesus Christ is called the Word of God. Why? 
Because everything Jesus does, everything Jesus says, is the Word of God. It is God embodied. Jesus is God. And Anna got to be there after 400 years of silence. She got to look in the face of the Word of God, look into his blue eyes and go, dude, it's over. Silence is over. Maybe Jesus didn't have blue eyes. He probably didn't have blue eyes. Probably had brown eyes. We've looked at it. Right? I saw my wife criticize me back there. The sand. Is it because Fox has blue eyes? I don't know. I love that kid. So anyways, anyways, guys, she got to look in the eyes of Jesus. Look in the eyes of Jesus and say, God has spoken. He has broken his silence. He's broken his silence. Anna could have never known that praying and fasting for 84 years would be used by God in this way. Because guys, when Anna saw that, what does the Bible say she did? It says in verse 38, and coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of Him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Guys, once Anna saw that God had spoken... She couldn't stop talking about him. And guys, like I said, she was in that temple for 84 years. She had become famous. She would spread the gospel in a massive way. Every Jewish person in the whole region knew because they'd go, you guys know Anna? Remember crazy Anna? Yeah, I remember her. She's the one praying and fasting for the redemption of Israel. She said the redemption is here. She said the redemption is here. And in that moment, the gospel of Jesus spread for probably the first time in the largest way it ever has because Anna was faithful in her context. Every Jewish person in that region would have known Anna. And she was able to spread the gospel to all of them. God has spoken Redemption is here. Redemption is here. Guys, I said at the beginning of this that a wise woman once said, turkeys, turkeys, turkeys. It wasn't Anna. I don't know if you guys thought I was going to be in here. Like, man, I never heard that story either. Some lady saying turkeys. It's my great-grandma. My great-grandma said two weeks ago, turkeys, turkeys, turkeys. Guess how old my great-grandma is? 105. She's 105. She's old. And she is fantastic. She is a godly woman. I went to Moody Bible Institute 2012, I think. Time's a blur. But I went to Moody Bible Institute. Ernesto went to Moody Bible Institute my great-grandma went to Moody Bible Institute with my grandpa in the 30s. Crazy. She's still alive. And she is a godly woman. That's right, for a godly woman, someone who, yeah, God will bless your life for sure. She's still alive. And guys, I think she'd have lived to be 120 if this coronavirus thing didn't happen. 
They had to separate her from us. She kind of lost her sanity a little bit. She's still there. She has her days, you know, where she's starting to slip a little. I can't imagine being 105. She loves my son, though. She's always looking at pictures of him. Loves him. And, you know, my grandma, like I said, she's kind of losing it a little bit every once in a while. She'll have her bad days. And, you know, when I go and visit her, she'll be like, the trees are dancing. I'm like, yeah, Grandma, the trees are dancing. You, yes, and the 105-year-old person. You don't tell her no. You know, yeah, Grandma, the trees are dancing. And she talks. The other day, my dad was there, and she said, turkeys, turkeys, turkeys. She's looking out the window. There's all these turkeys out there. She goes, you know why turkeys, Joe, always know what they're doing? He goes, why, Grandma? He thought it was going to be a trees dancing moment, probably. She goes, because turkeys have always been turkeys. Then she looked at him dead face, and she goes, why don't we know what we're doing? Man, she's my Anna the prophetess. That woman can still hit me with wisdom. 105 years old. Why don't we know what we're doing? The answer is, we haven't always been what we are now. Because mankind was made to be image bearers of Yahweh. We were made to be in community with God. We were made to walk in the garden and talk with Him. But we sinned. We fell and we got separated from Him. I'm getting there. See, we fell. We fell. You guys know why so many people cry out for what my destiny is? You know why we're obsessed with our destiny and our calling and our purpose? Why people are sad and lonely and beaten? Because we're not like turkeys. We're not what we've always been. We are broken. Guys, I think that Anna lived her life 84 years praying and fasting to show us what the world is like without Christ. See, when I Googled Anna the prophetess, some picture popped up and it was like some really like big, like old woman. Dude, she fasted every day. She prayed every day. That woman was probably emaciated. That woman was probably skinny and tired. Guys, praying is hard work. When I went to India with Ernesto, we would pray over people for like a couple hours. I'd get back and be like, man, I'm tired. Ernesto's like, yeah, dude, praying is hard. I was like, that sounds not true, but it is. Guys, Anna prayed constantly. She fasted every day. That woman was tired and old, 105. She shows us what we are like without Christ, hungry and hoping for redemption. Guys, when she saw Jesus, when she saw Jesus, she looked into that baby's eyes and she said, we don't need to be hungry anymore. Redemption has come. Redemption is here. 
The thing I've been praying for for 84 years, the thing that I've been fasting for for 84 years, I don't need to do it anymore. It's here. Church, like you said, we can be saved. Our redemption is here. We don't need to wonder what our destinies are. Our destiny is Christ. Our destiny is to accept Christ as the one to lead our lives and to share that message with other people. And church, I just want to encourage you before we're done. If you don't know, if you do not know about the redemptive quality of Christ, if you don't know how He saves you, if you don't know how He gives purpose to you, redeems you, takes away your sin, come talk to me. Come talk to John. Come talk to Bill. Come talk to John, Rick, Matt, Nick, Mr. Gerard, Greg, Chrissy. We're all here because we want you to not be hungry. Jesus is called the bread of life. He feeds our soul. That baby was born on Christmas Day to save us all. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just want to come to you today and thank you for coming to this earth. Thank you for taking on human flesh. Thank you for sacrificing yourself, Lord, so that we could be redeemed. Lord, we love you. I want to thank you for these people here. Thank you for the opportunity to share your word. Lord, I just ask that you would bless everyone here. Keep us safe. Allow us to have a great Christmas as we celebrate the greatest gift ever given to this world, which is you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.